What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us here for what will be a Friday edition of the Fantasy MLB Today podcast. My name is Joe Rico, and I'm your host, and we are going to be taking you through a live draft tonight. It is a gladiator draft over on the NFBC site. You guys may have been familiar with the NFBC. I know a lot of people play Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, Fantrax. NFBC is very cool. I recommend it if you guys have not checked it out already. Lots of cool contests that they have going on, including this one, which is a gladiator draft. If you're not familiar with the format, it is 23 rounds. You draft just your starting lineup. That is how deep the starting lineups are on the NFBC. So we're going to go 23 rounds, and then that's it. You don't set lineups. You don't have to do anything after that. The team is just there. You look at your stats. You hope for the best. And it plays out just based on how you draft. Kind of like a draft champions, I guess, if you guys are familiar with with the draft champions format, except there is no setting lineups, really. Uh, Not setting lineups at all. I guess you could switch around players if you really wanted to, uh, but there's really no point in that uh, at all. So what we're going to be doing is just going through the picks, talking about my picks, who I want to take, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that sort of thing. And it's going to get going in just a minute here. It's going to start at 8 p.m. It should be getting going. Uh, yeah, here we go. It is drafting right now. And the first pick, a huge shocker, is going to be Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, and then we're going to see going down here. So they have the ADP set from like preseason ADPs here. Uh, no surprise there. Ronald Acuna Jr. goes first. Fernando Tatis goes second. Now, I'm picking sixth here in the first round. Honestly, I'm just going to kind of let it come to me, kind of let the board just play out the way it's going to play out. I don't have a huge strategy here. I didn't really uh, plan out in advance what I'm going to do. I'm just going to kind of let it happen. Uh, That's kind of the nature of these things, especially mid-season draft. You do your prep, but it's also your prep is just kind of from following along the baseball season. Uh, what we've seen so far. So it's a one-minute clock. I'm expecting this is probably going to be about two hours. Hopefully, we'll get it done sooner rather than later with people uh, not timing out if possible. Wow, Spencer Strider goes third overall. Pretty damn high up. If you guys are interested in my rankings, if you haven't seen them, I've put them out on Twitter. Uh, I did an updated starting pitcher ranking. About a month ago, I did like a second half rankings that will be updated as well. And I also put out today uh, what my projection is for the first round of the 2024 uh, fantasy drafts that we're going to see how I project the top 12 picks to go. So check it out over there at JoeRico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. That's another place where you guys can be checking out uh, all of our great baseball content. But I'm up in a couple of picks now. Honestly, I'm not really sure which direction I'm going to go here. I kind of just have to see who is still available to me. Jose Ramirez is very tempting, obviously. You know, Julio, Kyle Tucker are interesting. Ellie Dela Cruz. You are on deck. But I think, uh, you know, it's probably a little too soon to take Ellie Dela Cruz. Mookie Betts goes at number four. Shohei Otani will also be an interesting option. But the thing with Otani in this format is you don't have the luxury of switching him back and forth like you usually would in the NFBC. Uh, this is just taken out of my hands anyway. He goes here at pick number five. Oh, man. Acuna, Tati, Strider, Betts, and Otani are off the board. I want to go Corbin Carroll. Now, I'm a little worried about the shoulder. 
but I don't think it's that serious based on the way that they've still been using him. Uh, he's definitely in contention. You know, part of me wants to go Freddie Freeman as well, just because of this, you know, how solid that he always seems to be. Now, you're not getting that many steals from Freddie, but you're getting steals in a lot of other places this year. So you know what? I'm going to take Freddie Freeman here in the first round at pick six. You know, you're getting pretty much everything. Uh, we had Matt Williams on the show before the season started. And what he said about Freddie Freeman made a lot of sense that you can, you know, you can write his numbers down in pen pretty much before the season starts. And, you know, it's not always going to work that way. Uh, you know, there's going to be things that don't always pan out. He's maybe, you know, not going to do this, not going to do that. But this has been, you know, pretty damn close to what we got out of him last year. Um, you know, except for more home runs, really. Everything else has been pretty much right in line uh, with what we saw from Freddie Freeman. More steals, more home runs. He's going to have that same great batting average. So I feel very, very confident taking him here in the first round. Uh, you know, no problem at all at six. Uh, number seven overall is Jose Ramirez here. Again, totally cool with that pick. Uh, you're seeing some guys maybe fall a little bit more than you would have in a preseason draft. Trey Turner, Aaron Judge, Julio Rodriguez. We're generally off the board at this point, and there goes Julio at pick nine. Now, the injury to Aaron Judge is going to really be interesting to me to see where he does go. Uh, I was looking at a board. I actually have a screenshot of it here from a gladiator from yesterday, and Aaron Judge went in not the middle of the second round, more early in the second round uh, at pick 19 overall, so the fourth pick of the second round here. He's he's very tricky, right? Because you know you're going to get those stats, but you don't know how many we're going to get. And I think there's also you know the fact that the Yankees team around him is not really that good. It will lead people probably to pushing him down a little bit in this kind of format. It's why when I did my ranks today, not necessarily ranks, but just how I expect the second or the first round of drafts to go, Aaron Judge was not in my top 12 picks. Aaron Judge, for me, was number 13. That's where I would put him in right now. Uh, we're talking next year kind of rankings. I just think that there's a lot more solidity. Solidity isn't really a word. Uh, there are a lot more solid options you can get that provide five categories worth of production that also play in better lineups. And there's a lot more security around some of those other high-end first-round picks. Uh, not to say that there's anything bad with Aaron Judge, because there's not. But I do think that there is some risk associated with drafting him that you don't really have from some of those other guys uh, right at the top of the board. So I'm interested to see how far he's going to fall. I don't think it'll be very far, um, but let's take a look and see. Ellie De La Cruz goes at number 12, Corbin Carroll at 11, Corey Seager at number 10. We still got Trey Turner, Aaron Judge, Bobby Witt Jr. on the board. Lots of interesting names here. I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out because – this is a weird kind of draft. You know, I didn't do any of these gladiators before the season. I really wanted to, and I just kind of missed, you know, my, my chance to do it. But at the same time, uh, I'm very glad to be getting into one now because it's a, it's a really cool format where you don't have to set your lineups. You don't have to worry about in-season management, which is fun. In-season management is fun. But I also kind of like the idea of just drafting and then not having to worry. Um, let's see what's happening here. So to round out the first round, Trey Turner at 13. We had Bobby Witt at 14, Juan Soto at 15. And then Matt Olson starts off sec the second round here, uh, round two, pick one. 
I'm not sure who I'm going to take here. Uh, seven picks from now, we're probably going to be looking at someone in this kind of range here on the screen, probably like a Pete Alonzo, Raphael Devers, Riley kind of range, which I'm not really in love with it. But then again, this is also based on ADP from before the season. So I don't know what the drafters are really going to be following, how tightly they're going to look at what's going on now versus some people might just get caught up in this ADP. Uh, but I don't think you can sort by this year's stats. Can you? I'm really not sure. Let's take a look and sort by home runs and see. Uh, you, know, you know what? You can sort by this year's stats. So that's good. Uh, the rank and everything like that is from before the season. But you can sort by this year's stats, which I do like. I wish you could sort by like the Rasball Player Raider. That would be cool. Uh, maybe that's something that they can collaborate on at some point. I don't know. Um, but as of right now, it's a little bit tricky because you got to be looking at your own rankings. You got to be looking at, you know, this board to some extent, but you also kind of have to be thinking, you know, are there guys who are way up here that shouldn't be way up here? You know, Mark, Michael Harris is not going to go this high. Aaron Nola is not going to go this high. You know, I'd be surprised if Real Muto goes this high, even though, you know, it's a two catcher format, at the NFBC. So maybe Real Muto does go fairly high, but I don't think he'll go as high as we saw him go before the season. Corbin Burns is not going to go as high as we saw. Mike Trout won't. So it'll be interesting to see who fills in a lot of these second-round spots. We're going to see guys like Ozzy Albies move up into the second round, most likely. Uh, while Kevin Gosman goes in the middle of the second round with Garrett Cole, uh, picked four and five of the second round. So a couple of really, really solid arms that I would have been targeting are gone there. Framber Valdez is an interesting one to me. He's the next guy like in my rankings. I'm not sure he's going to get back to me in the third, but do I really want to jump on him in the second? There are a lot of interesting names that are available here to me right now. Um, da, 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 let's see. I'm starting to think that maybe I go with a pitcher. I'm really not sure what I'm going to do here. Aaron Judge is still sitting around, but you I don't know are if on deck. judge it just yet. I am on deck here as Austin Riley and Vladimir Guerrero and Framber Valdez all go off the board. Jordan Alvarez is definitely interesting, and now it is my turn you as Austin Riley and Zach Gallen are taken. In the second round here... It's very tricky to know who to pick here. I kind of want to think about steals, but I don't need to think about them so, so much, probably, because there are just so many available. Jordan is risky. Judge is risky. All these guys at the top here are pretty risky, I'd say. Hmm. Wander Franco would be interesting as well. He's still available on the board. Randy Rosarena also really, really interests me. And I'm thinking that maybe I go with a Rosarena because you're just getting production across the board. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Randy Rosarena here. He is, he is who I'm going to take. You're getting that five-category production. You're getting him in a very good lineup. Uh, you know, at-bats are obviously very secure. I, I like taking a Rosarena here. I, you know, I'm thinking maybe I should have gone pitcher, but I don't really love the pitchers that are probably going to be going in this range anyway. So I'm all right to take Randy Rosarena there, get some steals, get some more of literally everything across the board. And that's, you know, when you're in these first couple of rounds, that's really such such a key thing for me. And Wander Franco goes with the next pick off the board, of course. 
you need to kind of secure everything if you can over these first few rounds and then you don't have to worry so much as you go on about balance because if you balance yourself out from the get-go then you're going to be balanced throughout most likely unless you really go off the board later on in the draft whatever uh, you should be all right uh, if you start out with balance and i think that's what we've done a pretty good job of here we got all five categories covered but I do want to start taking a look at pitching. And the question a lot of the time comes down to in this kind of range is if you want to go and take a reliever or a starting pitcher. I wouldn't mind taking like a Josh Hader type. We'll see if he gets back to me. If he does get back to me, it's going to be tough to pass up on him. But at the same time, I also want to have you know some volume secured for me as well. Some strikeouts. Pablo Lopez is really interesting. He's going to fall later than he should in this draft. So will Blake Snell. Uh, a lot of these guys right here actually are big targets. I hope nobody um, <laughs> nobody is listening to this who is in this draft. But this is like kind of a nice little target list for me here, just looking at the strikeout leader so far this season. A lot of guys, and Luis Castillo still on the board too. There's a lot of really good arms. So I, I'm kind of torn between taking one of these starting pitchers and kind of waiting on it just because there are so many great arms that are available in this draft. But let's just see what happens. Uh, Luis Robert goes after Wander Franco. And we're winding down here on pick 28, uh, which was JT Real Muto. And then Luis Castillo at pick 29 uh, follows it up. This is very tricky. This is a very, very tricky one for me. I've never done this kind of format. I've never done really. A, I've done drafts in season, but never anything with real money on the line. It's usually just kind of for fun, just to see you know, who's doing what, uh, you know, what we think for the rest of the season kind of thing. Ozzy Albies is, is a sneaky one. I'm going to queue up Ozzy Albies. I don't really use too many cues when I'm doing this kind of thing. I usually just kind of go, um, which is maybe this, maybe not the smartest thing to do, but that's generally how I, I do it. I don't tend to use a cue. Sometimes I'll queue up a few players. And I mean, hell, if Aaron Judge keeps falling the way that he does here, then I'm going to take him at 36 because it gets to a point where it's, you know, I, th I think it is worth it. Unless there's been some report today that is really scary. Let me just double check here and see if there's anything. He there's not really been a report in the last week. The last thing we got was he was starting to do some light hitting off a tee, taking soft toss. It's going to be pretty tricky to pass up on him if he gets back to me here. Paul Goldschmidt ended out round two, and then we had Zach Wheeler, Raphael Devers, and Shane McClanahan start off round three. Oh, Judge is sitting there nice and pretty, and if he gets to me, I think I have to take him at pick 36. Oh, God, I you know part of me doesn't even want to take him, but there's also like the value that could potentially be in that pick. You know, I would have thought he would go in like the second round. If I'm looking at the gladiator from yesterday, and like I said, Aaron Judge went 19th. 36 does feel like, uh, you know, I'm getting a deal, like I'm getting a bargain. And we'll have to see if it gets to that. Now, I should have a backup plan here. I think the backup plan would be Ozzy Albies. I think that he is the guy I'd go to if I don't. And even if I, you know, I'm kind of debating just going that route off the bat and not worrying about it. There's a couple of guys, um, you know, the guys in my queue are the guys that really interest me. But I think the guys in front of me are probably having the same kind of dilemma you know, Malikin and Leary here. Uh, if you guys can see the draft board, you should be able to see the draft board. I mean, if you're listening on the podcast side, you are on and, deck. Um, but Nolan Arenado goes here and then Felix Batista goes. So one you of my guys goes off the board. Do I take the chance on Aaron judge? Do I take the chance on Aaron judge? 
Oh, man. You know what? I don't know that I can do it. I don't know that I can do it because this is a format where you don't have a bench. I really want to. I'm really tempted to. But I think I'm going to take Ozzy Albies. I took Ozzy Albies. He's been like a top 20 player so far this season. He's he's really come back around, and you're not going to get any kind of discount on him. And even this feels kind of like a discount, you know, in the mid-30s for Ozzy Albies. Uh, I'll take what he's given you so far. He started stealing more recently as well, so maybe we can bank on some more steals from him down the stretch. I'm interested. I, I, I'm interested into seeing in seeing uh, what Ozzy Albies can do for me down the stretch here. Now, it's going to get to the point. It is already getting to the point where I need to take. Uh, I need to take a pitcher. I need to take a starting pitcher, most likely. Uh, I'm looking at who we got here on the board. I mean, if he gets back to me, Corbin Burns is really not a bad option if he goes to pick 55. That's the problem with a 15-team draft when you're drafting kind of in the middle. You know, I'm drafting a pick 36, and then I don't have to pick again for 20 picks. So I really don't know what's going to be on the board for me. I'll start to kind of build out a little bit more of a queue here. But it is very tricky to plan a 15-team draft in advance from really wherever you're drafting here. And Corbin Burns goes... Uh, after I picked Albies, it was Marcus Semyon, Jordan Alvarez, and then Corbin Burns uh, in the third round at pick nine. Pick 39 for Corbin Burns. You know, I know it hasn't been very great for him so far this season, but that still feels like a pretty damn good value uh, on such a talent here. There's just a lot of good pitchers that are going, that are probably going to go farther than they should. And I think that maybe I don't need to necessarily, you know, reach on some of these arms as much as that could benefit me. Uh, you know, to just secure one of these great arms that is still available. I don't know that I need to. You know, when I was looking at that strikeout leaderboard, Lopez, Snell, Lazardo, Keller, Webb, and Lynn. If I built out my starting pitching rotation with all these guys, I'd be very happy about it. Even if I just, you know, hit on a couple. Pablo Lopez has been a huge target for me. Uh, wow, Sean Murphy at 310, Francisco Lindor at 311. Pretty early for Sean Murphy, but I guess in a two-catcher format, it's not the craziest thing in the world. I still won't love it, but I, I can understand it. Uh, but yeah, Pablo Lopez, you know, he's one of five pitchers I've talked with us a lot who have a 30% strikeout rate or better in Major League Baseball. It's a really elite list of guys. 111 innings pitched, 138 strikeouts. He's been excellent. He's not gotten the luck that he deserved in the first half. He should have had a lot better results. I'm a huge fan of Lopez, and honestly, I'm a huge fan of, of all these guys here, really. Keller, to a lesser extent. And even Lynn to somewhat to a lesser extent, but because of the price, probably going to be so depressed because the results haven't been there, especially for Lynn. It would be hard to pass him up. Uh, it, it would be hard to pass him up. Not at the next pick. I'm not going to take him at 55. But if it gets to the point where we're around pick 100 or so and Lance Lynn is still sitting there, I'm going to take him. I think I'm going to have to take him. Uh, Carlos Rodon at 312 and Manny Machado at 313. Here we're closing in on the end of round three. Hopefully we don't take four hours to do this draft, hopefully. And I know I'm not exactly, you know, going quick with my picks here, but I'm hoping that everybody kind of keeps the pace going. Um, it's after 8 p.m. Eastern time. So I'm thinking we're probably going to go till about 10, 10.30 maybe. Uh, Camilo Doval goes at 3.14. Adolis Garcia at 3.50. And I wondered how far he would fall. Now, that's probably too low for Adolis Garcia at this point in time. He, he's amazing. He really is, and I think we kind of underrate him every single year, and we shouldn't. Uh, you know, it's the third straight year where he's giving you incredible fantasy value. Not somebody that I'd want to be passing up on once you get out of the third round. Like even in the third round, he's a he's a very viable pick. Even you could argue in the second round, you could take out Elise Garcia 
and be very happy with it. It's a tricky situation um, with him because he's not somebody that has the greatest like contact metrics and different things like that. Um, but the actual results are always there. He's always producing. He's always giving you good production, pretty much you know, four plus categories, batting average, not the greatest, but yeah, he's fallen a lot later in drafts than he probably should. And it, if this is any indication of next year, then I'm going to have a lot of Adelise Garcia because he shouldn't be going as late as pick 45. He just shouldn't in that lineup doing what he does so far this season. Let me just take a look and see where he ranks, but he is like a top. He's literally the fifth ranked player this season, you know, and he's doing this every single year. Last year was 27 and 25. This year he's got 23 dingers at the all-star break. He's not stealing as many bases for you, but he's driving in a crazy amount of runs, 75 runs. You know, he's got 69, or excuse me, 75 RBI, 69 runs. Like it's been ridiculous uh, for Adelise Garcia. And I don't think we should sleep on him for much longer than we'd have because three years in a row we're talking. And I don't know if we can do it for a fourth and look ourselves in the face, but uh, we have like a uh, did I even mention the fourth round? I don't think I did. Christian Yelich goes uh, four zero one, and then Logan Webb, Will Smith, and Josh Hader are the next guys off the board. So my Hader plan does not really work anymore. Obviously, Manuel Classe is kind of interesting. Locked down some saves. He hasn't been Emmanuel Classe that we know and love uh, this year so much. The three thirty eight ERA, one fifteen WHIP. He's still giving you a lot of saves, though. And saves, especially in a format like this, you kind of need to secure closers because you can't speculate. You can't add a guy around the deadline, pick up a guy who's got the ninth inning a few times or whatever it is. You you have who you have. So I am thinking that maybe maybe I go with Emmanuel Classe here. He's going pretty late at this point. We're getting into the 50s. Now, I don't have a starting pitcher yet, but like I mentioned, there's a lot of guys that I like right here in my queue that I would be pretty happy to take uh, should they fall probably to the next round. I think, you know, getting Blake Snell or Lazardo or Pablo Lopez in that next round would be good. This round, I think it might benefit me to go for Classe. Romano is also there. Alexis Diaz is interesting as well. Mm, Classe is just safe. You know, when you see somebody do you it year are after on year, deck. you get a little bit more confident. Yandy Diaz goes in round four. Ridiculous. I can't see a reason to take Yandy Diaz that high up. Adley Rutschman, Devin Williams, and you then Michael Harris. Um, you know, part of me wants to take Alexis Diaz. He's been so good this year. And you get so many saves. You get so many strikeouts out of him. I always worry with that ballpark. But, I mean, he's proven it this year. The team is really good. I think it's a reasonable time to take Alexis Diaz. And maybe I'm crazy. But, honestly, looking at him and Class A, just comparing the two of them, I think I have to go with Alexis Diaz. I want to secure some saves. Uh, let's do it. Let's take Alexis Diaz, and then the next round, we're taking a starting pitcher. I have to take a starting pitcher next round. Josh Young goes right after Diaz here at 411. I, if I'm going based on my rankings, the guy that I would take here is Pablo Lopez. Is I think the highest-ranked guy. Or is it, mm, let me just consult my rankings here. And Pablo Lopez is the highest ranked guy that I have left here. Mm. Zach Wheeler must have got drafted, right? Am I, did I, Zach Wheeler did get drafted. Yeah. I, for a second, I forgot saying his name and I was like, oh, Zach Wheeler's still there. But no, Zach Wheeler is long gone. 
Uh, it's getting tricky, but there are guys, you know, Zach Eflin is another one who is just not going to be drafted particularly high and he's just going to be solid as a rock in that rotation. You know, uh, you, you can't always bank on wins, but with Tampa, with the way he's pitching, you figure you're going to get a solid number of wins. You're going to get good ratios. Everything looks really good. And son of a bitch, Blake Snell goes at pick 412. He is one of the guys that I really wanted. Second half Snell. Cedric Mullins goes at 413. And then Tyler Glass now at 414. I'm up in six picks. I might be jumping the gun a little bit if I take Pablo Lopez because I don't know if anybody else is going to want to take him that high. But, you know, I'm going to have to wait 20-some-odd picks for my next pick. And is he going to last that long? I'm not sure. But in terms of starting pitchers that I'd want to take in this kind of range, and the ERA is not sorted by qualifiers. I'm not the most experienced with the NFBC. This is my first year playing. I have five or six teams on there. I'm not the most experienced player. Still kind of figuring out some of the ins and outs of the website. Uh, Hunter Brown is definitely also a target of mine. Senga. Mm. Uh, lots of really good pitchers that are still left on the board here, really. Uh, but I do feel the need to take a starting pitcher fairly soon. Dalton Varsho finishes off round four at pick 60. Catcher is also going to be kind of interesting. This is this is a very tricky format to draft, and I'm realizing uh, the more I do it, uh, how tricky it is. Aaron Judge is still sitting on the board. <sighs> Man. Jesus. It's getting to the point where I almost have to. You know, like in the Gladiator yesterday, like I said, he went in the second round. And I, I'm just going to make sure I didn't miss any news here. I'm going to take a quick look and see if there is any update today that is the reason why people are not adding him. Um, no timetable for injury return. So Cashman said that a couple days ago. But what does that mean exactly? What does that mean? I know it's not good, but does that mean we're looking at he's not coming back? He's a few steps away. Mm. Cashman said the judge will be activated at some point in the second half. That's tricky, man. Scherzer and Logan Gilbert go at pick one and two of the fifth round. What point do you say you have to take Aaron Judge? And what point, you know, it's a different question, but where do you take Mike Trout in this format as well? He's not going to be back for six or eight weeks. Does it make sense to take a Mike Trout close to the end? And eat zeros for a while and hope that when he comes back, you get Mike Trout numbers. Or will he be somebody that doesn't get drafted? Let me take a look and see from yesterday's draft if somebody took him in the first six rounds. I just have a, a screenshot here of the first six rounds. And no, I'm seeing no Mike Trout in the first six. Oh, nope. I stand corrected. Mike Trout went in the third round of a gladiator yesterday. That seems a little early on. Uh, Sal Perez goes at pick three of round five here. It seems very early to be taking Trout without knowing when he's going to be back. You know, fractured wrist. He had surgery. Christian you Walker goes at round five, pick four. We're getting to the point where I maybe could double tap close it here. Shane Bieber you goes at pick Wow. Shane Bieber went way too early. Way too early. Oh, man. Now I have a decision to make if I want to take... There's a lot of guys I want to take here, honestly. Like, I want to take Judge. I want to take Classe. That double tapping of closers, I think it's going to be pretty valuable. You know, I want to win saves in this league. What is Romano? Oh, yeah, Romano got hurt in the All-Star game. Jesus, I forgot about that. Oh, man. Classe probably does make sense here, considering the guys that I can get later on. 
the offense. Let me see who's here, like offensively outside of mm, Schwarber, Teoscar. No, I'm taking Class A. You know what? It hasn't been great, but there's not going to be that many closers. I don't think available now. I kind of want to take Romano too, but I'm also getting down to the wire here. Let's go with Class A. Let's take Emmanuel Class A. I think I should win saves. I think I should win saves with those two. I'll take a third closer later on probably. That's not going to cost very much. And I think I should win saves. Um, with those two down the stretch, it's tricky to save You know, 30 between the two of them, something like that. Hopefully, uh, it's really tough to know for sure, but that's kind of what I'm hoping for with those two. That is the plan. Nathan Evaldi still sitting here too. Sandy Alcantara sitting around and eventually we're going to have to say, okay, Alcantara needs to be drafted. Um, but Jesus, this judge thing is really getting to me at this point because I, even if you only get a month and a half out of judge or maybe a month, you, you're still probably worth it. But, if, you know, if the timeline gets moved and that's the thing too, there is not really a solid timeline right now. Um it's very tricky. Uh, I I want to take him, but having no bench, you could really screw yourself. You know, this could be a team so far that I've built that could be really good. You know, Freeman, Albies, Arena, Alexis Diaz, Manuel Clase. This could be a sick team. I could take Judge, and I could sink that team if he doesn't end up playing again this year. I could also take Judge, and the timeline looks good, and then I get him, in, you know, in the 80s, <clears throat> and then I'm laughing, and then I'm laughing my ass off. But I just don't know necessarily if that is a wise thing it's probably not but the per game value is so high that he doesn't need to play all the games to have value i'm very torn i'm very torn right now on what to do but i don't think he'll be there anyway i I think at the end of the day 15 more picks are going to have to go by uh in the time since i've drafted it's been justin verlander rizal iglesias zach afflin and joe musgrove or excuse me, Musgrove went before Eflin, but Zach Eflin there, I'm I'm kicking myself for not taking him. Brian Reynolds goes right after Eflin. <clears throat> now, I, I thought that he would fall more, which is why I, I didn't think to take him so early. But the guys that I have in my queue, I don't know how many of them I'm going to get, but I figure I'll get two out of Lozardo, Lopez, Keller, and Lynn, and then that will be a pretty solid little start there. All the guys in my queue right now are starting pitchers, and all of them are guys that I'd be very happy to have. I think they're all pretty undervalued. Hunter Brown, Pablo Lopez in particular. Lance Lynn is not somebody that I'm going to have to reach for at all because people are just not interested in him. But if you dig into the numbers, I've tweeted it out a few times. He was in the 20s in my rankings. He was number 28, I believe. Let me just double check that. 28 in my starting pitcher rest of season rankings. Pablo Lopez goes there at 512. So I am going to take the message here. And with my next pick, I'm going to have to start taking one of these guys. because, And I think it's going to have to be Lazardo. Lazardo has been excellent uh, at strikeouts off the wazoo he's giving you is julio urias going at this point like i just can't see the the need the purpose of taking julio urias over lazardo over keller over hunter brown even <clears throat> over senga over braxton garrett julio urias just i don't think he's that good and I, maybe i'm wrong but i think that he is somebody who outperforms his advanced metrics a lot i think the strikeouts are kind of hit or miss and i think the dodgers are not as good as they usually are so you're not going to get those you know, crazy win totals that we've seen out of Urias the last two years. I think it's 37 wins over the last two years. 
I, there's just not a lot of value in projecting that on this team. Jonah Heim and J.D. Martinez finish off round five here as we get into pick 76. Ah, and Aaron Judge is still sitting there. Aaron Judge and Mike Trout are still sitting on the board. This is a very tricky one for me, and it'll continue to be tricky. Anthony Santander goes in round six, pick one. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know why Santander is going that early. <clears throat> I know he's been pretty good, but that seems like a huge reach. Um, I'd rather take Judge or Trout probably, uh, even though you're not going to get full, you know, a full season out of either of them. You're gonna you're gonna get better value than you will for Santander, almost certainly. Um, but to each their own. I'm not 100 percent sure about Santander. What's gonna happen? Could be wrong. Jordan Romano goes uh, round six, pick two. We are 79 picks in out of 345. We are roughly a quarter of the way through this draft, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. You know, we're on pace to be done about 10 o'clock, and I appreciate all you guys who are hanging out here. If you want to drop any comments, let's see if there are any comments. You guys can comment. You guys can let me know about the picks, if you think I'm crazy, if you like the picks I'm making, whatever the case may be. Uh, the comments are here for you guys to drop your thoughts into. Uh, Dylan Cease goes round six, pick three, and I'm up in about eight picks. It's going to be Lazardo if he gets back to me at this point. I think it has to be. Uh, Andres Jimenez goes in round six, pick four. Again, it feels kind of high. Um, I'm just not that interested there. Um, Brandon Woodruff is going to have to start coming into the thought process here because I think that he's going to come back in the next few weeks. I don't think it'll be too long. I just read that thing there um, that they have here on the NFBC site. Shouldn't be more than a few weeks, and that was written you know, about three weeks ago. It's definitely going to be coming into the thought process. I'm not going to take him as my first starting pitcher, but um, definitely if he's still there you know, in the next couple of rounds, I'm going to have to start thinking about it. Um, Jesus Lazardo is the guy that I want to take here. Sandy Alcantara goes in round six, pick five. Sandy Alcantara pick 80 overall. Uh, I wonder how far he's going to fall next year. I doubt it'll be that far, but it's interesting to see how far he's fallen after he was a you know consensus like second round pick coming into the year. Um, at this point, though, it's got to be Lazardo. I have to take Jesus Lazardo. What he's doing is incredible. The strikeouts, I, I'm going to need strikeouts at this point. Uh, Diaz will give me strikeouts. Classe will be all right, but I do need the the volume kind of strikeouts here. And Lozardo will give me those. And I'm just hoping he doesn't get taken. If he does, honestly, to hell with it. If he gets taken, I'm taking Aaron Judge. Fuck it at this point. Pardon my French. But if Aaron Judge gets taken, then, or excuse me, if Lozardo gets taken, then I pick 85. I don't have any more reasons to not take him. Uh, I still wouldn't have a starting pitcher at that point, which would not be the greatest, but the value that you get on judge at this kind of range, uh, you know, even if he does miss a bunch of time, I'll, I'll be fine with it. Nathan Evaldi around uh, six pick six and Gunnar Henderson pick seven. We're getting close. Nico Horner pick eight. You I are on deck. on deck here. As you may have heard the voice say in the background, just give me Lazardo and don't make me have to worry about, Judge coming back because I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Judge if Lazardo gets taken. Ryan Presley gets taken. You are up. So I go with Jesus Lazardo. I'm very happy with him. And it's funny because, you know, that guy I was arguing with earlier today on Twitter, I don't know if you guys saw it or not. You can go check out my feed if you haven't. 
it looked like I was like poo-pooing Lazardo almost, but it's because the guy was saying Lazardo is essentially Spencer Strider, and that's where I got to pump the brakes a little bit. Lazardo's great. He's no Spencer Strider. Nobody is Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider is, you know, arguably the best pitcher in baseball. You, I, I think it's between him, Kevin Gosman, and Garrett Cole. I think those are the three best pitchers in all of baseball. I don't think Lazardo is far necessarily. I think he's in the teens, but he's not as high as you know as some people are thinking. And Joe Ryan was still on the board. And Joe Ryan, I actually have a few spots ahead in my rankings, but I do want to have you know some more K's than what Ryan's going to give you. There's still <clears throat> decent strikeout numbers that you're getting from Joe Ryan, but <clears throat> I think you're a little more secure in that with Lozardo. And I also think you get better team contacts with him as well. Um, but we are just nearing the end of round. Is this round six? Yeah, this is round six. Closing in on the end. I'm about nine picks away. And I guess at this point, I'll say it again. Like if he's still there. I'll take judge, you know, I've said it a million times, but this time I'm actually serious. I think I picked 96. I don't think you can go wrong in that, at that point. Um, even if he does miss time, they said he'll play again at some point this season. And even if it's only a month and a half or something like that, like it is risky. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just shocked that no one's taken him. I'm shocked that no one's taken uh, Mike Trout either or Woodruff for that matter. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty surprised that those three are still sitting there on the board. Let me see who else is kind of a surprise still here. Nobody really. Yeah, these are all kind of, you know, guys I would expect to still be sitting on the board. Uh, let's take a look at some of the leaders. Mm, who's still here for stolen bases? Ruiz, who's hurt now. Marte, Mateo, McCarthy. There's still there's still a lot of stats out there. Let's put it that way. Uh, we're not looking at the point of the draft yet where there's nobody available. Uh, Kenley Jansen at pick 12. And then uh, George Springer and, and George Kirby. Uh, close or not quite closing out. We're on the last pick now of round six, and I'm not sure the direction to go. Like I, I keep saying, I want to take Judge, and I do want to take Judge, but it is a risk, right? Like there's no way to classify it as not being a, a risky pick. Um, but I think that the risk that, or excuse me, the reward outweighs the risk at this point. Teoscar Hernandez finishes off round six, and I th- think we're at the point where it's yeah I, I keep going back and forth in my head and i apologize for that but i just think that there's too much value in getting him close to pick 100 uh apologies for talking about that a million times i'm just kind of running through my thought process with you guys uh, it's tricky it's it's very tricky but I'll, I'll take him if he's still here i'll take him if he's still here though so this will be the time when i do it and we'll say to hell with it. It's fifty bucks or seventy bucks because I'm in Canada. I'm in Toronto. If you guys are not aware, uh, so those fifty dollar American entry fees are seventy three dollars technically here. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I'll take the chance on Aaron Judge if he's still available. I can't believe he's still available though. Like, you know, I know every draft is different, but he goes in nineteen and one, and he goes in he goes ninety six. I, you know that's the worst he's going to go here is 96 and i'm you know putting that out there uh max muncie jonathan india start off round seven see i can't get behind taking max muncie over him uh, muncie's not somebody who's a picture of health in himself you know like and what he's giving you is it that great Ugh, I, I don't know he's batting 198 21 homers one steal i'm not that impressed Cattell Marte goes to pick three of round seven and we're now just a couple of picks away and i I'm kind of nervous at this point because it will be risky to take him, but we're going to do it if he's still there. We got about 30 seconds left on the current pick. We're picking 94 right now. 
mm, liking my team. I really do like my team. And this is, you know, I don't like to do this just to draft somebody just because they've fallen when they weren't somebody that I would have targeted necessarily. But it's gotten to a ridiculous point where I'm I'm okay with it. Um, pick 96 is good enough for me to, to eat some zeros and hope that the rest of the team can kind of carry me. I'm not using up such a high piece of draft capital anymore where it would sink you. You know, if you take him in the second round and he doesn't play, you're sunk. You are on deck. We are one pick away here. Paul Seawald goes round seven, pick four. And Nick Castellanos goes next. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, pick 96 to yours truly. Aaron Judge, pick 96. I don't know how I feel about it now that I've clicked the button. I'm fairly happy. But at the same time, I could be an absolute ass for doing this. If you know we get in a report tomorrow or hell, probably five minutes from now, with my luck, that he won't be able to come back or it'll be an extended absence of some kind, then it's going to really suck. No doubt it's going to suck, but I couldn't pass up that value. Uh, Kyle Schwarber and David Bednar go uh, pick seven and pick eight, respectively. And I'm going to have to start just hammering more pitching now, I think. I still need a couple catchers. I need third base. But I think I'll hammer a couple more pitchers. I think Hunter Brown. We're getting into Hunter Brown territory. Braxton Garrett, although I don't want to have two Marlins pitchers necessarily. Uh, but Hunter Brown, I tweeted this out yesterday, that he is so, so underrated. He is 10th in Sierra. He's 5th in XFIP, 14th in FIP, and 17th in strikeout minus walk rate. He also got the second worst BABIP in all of baseball. He's also pitching for an excellent team. So there's just a lot that Hunter Brown has going for him where – I'm very happy to – I have him ranked as the 18th pitcher for the rest of the season, and I'm very, very confident in that ranking. Now, does that mean I'm going to take him with my next pick? He's definitely a consideration here. A lot of guys here are consideration. Kodai Senga has been excellent recently. Uh, Kodai Senga, if you're taking a look at what he's done so far, 331 ERA, 128 whip, which is a bit high because of all the walks at the beginning of the year. But 113 Ks in 89 innings, seven victories – He's another interesting one. There's a lot of good pitching, which is why I didn't feel the need to take pitching so early as uh, Yohan Duran and Masataka Yoshida go pick 9 and 10 of round 7. I didn't feel the need to go super, super early with my pitchers because there's just so much value. There really is. We've seen some of it go off the board already. I was really hoping for Eflin. While Bryce Harper goes at pick 7-11, I was really hoping for Eflin. But at this point... I think I'd be all right taking Mitch Keller. Now, there is a part of me that worries about taking you know two pitchers on teams that aren't the greatest. I know the Marlins have been better this season. They've been quite a bit better this season. But are they going to be better down the stretch consistently? It's a, it's a tough question to answer, and I don't think I know the answer to it, in all honesty. Um, I, I just don't want to be bogged down with too many pitchers where I'm really worried about their win potential. <clears throat> but I think uh, at this point, uh, I think I should probably cons- really consider Mitch Keller. I- I honestly, I want all of these guys. I-, I want everybody here listed as Willie Adamas and Craig Kimbrell go off the board in the middle of the seventh round here, followed by Matt McClain. I'd forgotten about Matt McClain. Man, that's I think that's a good pick here. It might be a little early. Clayton Kershaw finishes off round seven. Uh, but Matt McClain has just been so freaking awesome. Justin Steele starts off round eight. And Mitch Keller with the second pick of round eight. Son of a 
bitch. I wanted Keller, but I guess that means I'm going to be driven more towards Hunter Brown here. I think, I think, but I, at the same time, I can probably wait on Hunter Brown because no one's really that interested in him. He's not the sexiest option. People don't seem to really care. I got a lot of pushback about ranking him as the 18th SP, and maybe that was a little bit high. But I thought it was a pretty solid ranking for him. Maybe it's a touch high, but what he does is really, really good if you dig through the numbers. I'm just looking at a Brandon Woodruff right now. A couple more bullpen sessions, and then uh, minor league rehab assignment. This was as of Sunday. Hmm, Francisco Alvarez goes next at uh, pick three of round eight. Brandon Woodruff is... Definitely a consideration for me here. Now, again, uh, it is risky, but I've already just kind of leaned into the risk a little bit with Judge. At the same time, you never really know what someone's going to be like when they come back from an injury. Are you going to get, you know, the the best version of them? Probably not. Uh, Jordan Walker and Spencer Steer at picks four and five of round eight. I don't know if we're going to get, you know, the version of Woodruff that I want to be getting necessarily in this spot let's take a look at some of the other spots where i need players i need a third baseman still and there's still a bunch of solid third baseman there i need catcher uh i need two catchers and this is a position where i'm probably going to be more punting that's generally what i tend to do although i might be able to just snag like a wilson Contreras pretty late i'm not big on kirk anymore this year he's been absolutely he's been dog shit and I feel okay to use that terminology because I was huge on him he was ranked as my initially like the third catcher and then I think I had him at fourth as Kodai Senga goes off the board it's just been awful Kirk has just been really really bad and will he turn it around probably will it be better than what we've seen so far which has just been a horrendous 234 average with three home runs it'll probably be better but how much better I'm really not sure of Jazz Chisholm goes in round eight here. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of risky. I'm I'm not sure when we're going to see Jazz Chisholm, but again, <clears throat> I just drafted Aaron Judge. So who you might have are on deck. Risky is. I think though. Um, <clears throat> I think what I'll do is I will take Hunter Brown. I think I'll take Hunter Brown because I. I I just need to have a little bit more, you know, some more solidity. Again, I use that word that I'm not even sure if it's a real word or not, solidity. Mr. Journalism major over here, forgetting what words are. But I I think Hunter Brown is the guy that I should probably go with. Um, I'm I'm really in on him. I'm really big on him. I know it was a couple bad starts, but I, I, I buy the advanced metrics. I buy what they're telling us, and I think that Hunter Brown is going to be a dude... So mm, you are up. The question is, is he going to get taken at this point though? That, that's where, that's my only hesitation is I don't think that he's going to get drafted right now <clears throat> and I can probably wait. So, you know what? Let's wait. Let's wait on Hunter Brown. I don't think any of these pitchers that I have in my queue are going to be flying off the board necessarily. Mm. It's all very tricky. It's all very tricky. Man, what should I go? Trout? Should I double tap the, the trout and judge combo? Likely not. Um man. I'm not really buying into Christian Javier bouncing back so soon either. Man, there's really not a lot of guys that I love here. There's really not. <clears throat> okay, let's do it. Let's take Hunter Brown. Or you know what? 
I'm going to pull a last second audible and I'm drafting Brandon Woodruff. And then I'm going to take Hunter Brown when it's coming up, when he's coming up next. <clears throat> That's what I'm going to do. It's, it's risky. It's risky, but we're, you know, I'm leaning into that risk element here a little bit anyway with judge Woodruff should be back soon. If Woodruff that we know forever in a day is any indication of what he's going to be, then I think we'll probably be okay. Shoulder never gives me the warm, fuzzy feeling. But in round eight, you know, pick one, what was it, 115. Uh, I think that that's a reasonable price to pay. Now, next time up, I'll go probably Hunter Brown. Uh, I'm just I'm just thinking, like, who's going to go higher? Lance Lane or Hunter Brown? Who are people going to take higher? And I don't know the answer to that question. I, I really don't know who is the guy that is going to be more of the darling here <clears throat> for people. I would assume Lance Lynn. I would assume that Lance Lynn does go higher because the name brand value of Lance Lynn, and that's pretty much it, honestly. There's nothing else I can really give you other than people will probably take him higher because he is a more <clears throat> well-known. Um, <clears throat> but in reality, I'm probably more interested in Hunter Brown. I definitely am more interested in Hunter Brown. But I kind of want both of them. I kind of want all four of these guys in my queue. As you Darvish goes, uh, after I picked Brandon Woodruff, it was Giolito, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Estevez and you Darvish and then Matt Chapman to close out round eight as we head into round nine coming up on the midway point here of the draft. Uh, it's 23 picks and then 15 rounds. So it's, we're actually not quite at the midpoint yet. Uh, 23 picks and 15 rounds. You're looking at 345 picks. So about a third of the way through Freddie Peralta starts off round nine. Crazy. I can't see Freddie Peralta living up to that number, especially with the guy still left on the board here. But you never know. You never really know. I just also took a risky brewer. So, again, who am I to judge at this point? Uh, let's take a look at the utility guys that we have here. So there's still power left on the board. Eloy goes uh, round nine, pick two. Mm, and it really gets tricky at this point of the draft. Lane Thomas is still sitting here. Well, shit, Lane Thomas has been really good. I think that's who I'm going to have to take here. Lane Thomas has been giving you everything um and outfielders once they go it gets ugly like once it gets into the 300s <clears throat> those outfield spots are going to be filled by some guys that you're probably not going to love lane thomas how sustainable is what he does i don't know but it's really been excellent like he's been like a top pretty much a first round player so far this season I'll take Lane Thomas here. Uh, I think I will take Lane Thomas. As much as I'm, I know I'm mixing up my strategy here, and I'm just constantly changing up what I'm going to do. Uh, I th think Lane Thomas makes a lot of sense here. If a couple of these guys hit, if Woodruff comes back, and if Judge is not too long, then I'm going to run away with this league. I'm going to run away with it. I haven't even looked at any of the other teams, but it's going to be a lot of fun if I am able to have both of those guys back before long and i don't i don't really you know are on deck necessarily you are up. i'm taking lane thomas here i don't know how long it's gonna be necessarily but if it's not on the longer end of timeline for either one of these guys then i'm gonna be laughing um let's just take a look at my roster here i know it's not the easiest for you guys to take a look at from where you are but we have freddie freeman at first ozzy albies at second we have in the outfield randy rosarena aaron judge and lane thomas and then my pitchers right now, Alexis Diaz, Manuel Clase, Brandon Woodruff. And sorry, Jesus Lizardo. I forgot about my ace. I forgot about Jesus Lizardo. Uh, but that is the squad right now. We got room for five more pitchers, two more outfielders, 
a third, a short, uh, a couple catchers, and then a corner and a middle and a utility spot as well. Since I took Lane Thomas, we got Wilson Contreras, uh, pick seven, and then Jordan Montgomery at pick eight, followed by Jorge Soler at pick nine of round nine. Oh, man, we're starting to slow down a little bit here. I hope we pick up the pace just ever so slightly. Um, but I think I know who I'm going with in the next few rounds. It's pretty much the guys in my queue here. Alec Manoa, I'll be interested to see where Alec Manoa goes, if Alec Manoa goes, based on the way this draft has gone. I could see a world where he doesn't get drafted. I think he probably will. But I could also see everybody trying to avoid him because we really don't necessarily know what we're going to get out of Manoa. It might be fantastic. It might be absolutely dreadful. And we really don't know. His last start was definitely a step in the right direction, but we really don't know at all. Sonny Gray, uh, pick 10, and Glaber Torres, pick 11 here of round nine. Appreciate you guys if you're still hanging out with us on the broadcast here. I know it is a long show. I know it is different. Haven't done anything live in a while. Uh, But for those of you who are listening, really appreciate you guys who are hanging out here. And for those of you guys who will listen back later on the podcast feed, you are very much appreciated as well. It's got to be pitching for me. It's got to be pitching uh, for the next couple of rounds, I think. Because once they go, you know, there's a few positions once they go. And it's pretty much all of them, really. Once they go, they're gone. But once pitching goes, it's going to be really awful. And I think we're in a range here where we're starting to get some value uh, on some of these guys as well. You know, all four of these guys should have gone already, as far as I see it. Nathaniel Lowe goes pick nine, or excuse me, pick 12 of round nine here. I think that all these guys should have gone already. And I think I'm going to start maybe, uh, you know, I'll start with Brown and then I'll work my way from there and see if I can get all of them. Because I think if I can fill out my rotation with these guys, they're not the sexiest names. You know, Hunter Brown, Tyler Wells, Braxton Garrett. The average person probably doesn't know who Hunter Brown, Tyler Wells, or Braxton Garrett is unless they're a fantasy fan. But they are guys you can get in the middle rounds here who will fill out a rotation and give you great numbers across the board. Wells is the whip leader in baseball. Braxton Garrett has been one of the absolute best pitchers in baseball for a while now. I just think there's a lot of value midway through the draft here uh, for a lot of these guys. Now, I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit for taking Judge because <clears throat> that could that could potentially, I'm not sink the team, but that could be a huge detriment to the team moving forward if I don't get, you know, I don't even know how many games are left. 80 games? If I don't get like 40 games out of Judge, 30 games, then it's going to be a really bad pick. So it, there's definitely some risk there. And I'm not 100% sure I would do it if I go back. But it just got to the point where I, like, I wanted to take him in like round three and then four and then five and then six and then seven. And it gets to the point where it's like, OK, am I going to keep passing up this guy who the per game value is so high on? I, I don't think I need to. Right. I don't, I don't think there's any need to let somebody else take on that potential reward and risk. I, I wanted to do it. So. That's what I did. Uh, to finish off round nine, we had Cody Bellinger, Riley Green, and Justin Turner. Starting off round 10, James Paxton, Louisa Rise, and Josh Lowe. I am going to take Hunter Brown if he's here next. <clears throat> and then we'll probably follow that up with Braxton Garrett. And then probably Lynn and then probably Wells. That would be the order. Probably if they're still <clears throat> if they're still there, excuse me. But then again, I have also um, I've also changed my opinion here about 25 times throughout the draft on what I'm going to do and who I am going to take. Byron Buxton, round 10, pick four. 
oh man, when will Buxton ever just be healthy and producing for a whole season and actually, you know, producing and then hitting over 200? I don't know. Pete Fairbanks, uh, pick five of round 10 here. I'm up in about five picks. And let me see. I, you know, I always start to doubt myself right when it's close to coming onto the clock. But I think I'm pretty solidly here. Uh, on Hunter Brown. There's a few other interesting options. Grayson Rodriguez might be like a last round kind of target. Also a little bit of risk because you don't know when he's coming up, but I think there could be a lot of value there as well. Chris Bassett. Oh, I meant to click on Bassett. There is a Q guy. Jack Sawinski goes pick six of round 10 here. Um, I... Followed by Charlie Morton, pick seven of round 10 here. Apologies for the dead air. I am just trying to figure out what I want to do here. You are on deck. Take another closer at some point. Jeremy Pena goes at 10.08. Uh, but no, I, I've I've put it off long enough. I should take Hunter Brown here <clears throat> get another starting pitcher. Because right now I really only have one starting pitcher. I have Woodruff, but you know uh, who knows what's going to happen with Woodruff. You know, If there's any kind of setback or anything, I'm going to be a very unhappy boy. Uh, so I will take Hunt or yeah, I'll take Hunter Brown, assuming that he doesn't get taken right here. I don't think he will because I just don't think he is considered to be that sexy of a player. But there's just not much value to exploit right now on this board where I think I could take somebody and wait on Brown. Well, I mean, maybe I could take Bregman. Mm. Tim Anderson is going to be interesting to see if he gets drafted at all. Um, the only other guy I'm kind of thinking of is Bregman, and it's been a <clears throat> it's been a tough year for Alex Bregman. It's not like he's been you uh, you know, like the up. world on fire. Let me just take a look at something real quick for Bregman. And then maybe, maybe I put it off one more round. Bregman's actually not been that bad, really. <clears throat> good lineup. He's got good counting stats. Third base kind of sucks. I'm going to do it again. <clears throat> I'm going to change my mind again, and I'm going to take Alex Bregman. But for sure... Next time, no bullshit. Next time, I'm taking Lance Lynn, or excuse me, Hunter Brown, and then Lance Lynn until I change my mind again. But let's see what's happening. Uh, let's see what will go on <clears throat> after I take Bregman here in round 10. Third base really sucks. If you miss out on third base, then you're not looking great. I mean, if you're just looking at the guys who are still here, I could have gone Suarez. Miranda has been, I don't even know if Miranda's in the big leagues right now. He's been absolutely awful. Brian Hayes is hurt. Bohm is actually not a bad option. He just kind of limited in terms of the counting stats, in terms of the homers. Everything is, I mean, decent RBI is 57. Really good, actually. Considering you missed time, too, that's a good number. But he's just not somebody that I'd be that interested in. Uh, Verdugo here at pick 11 of round 10 as we do approach the halfway point. But I hope we don't start slowing down because sometimes you see that happen as a draft goes on and people go very, very slowly at the end hope we don't get to that point because we've been here for an hour and we're close to halfway through so i figure another hour will be pretty much through uh but like i said before appreciate all you guys who are hanging out here on the podcast appreciate everybody who will listen back later on and i hope you guys throw some throw some stuff in the comment section here let me know what you guys think of the picks i've made if you think i'm crazy you think i'm a fool you think i am a brilliant genius uh, whatever it is that you guys think, let me know what's going on here. Uh, Marcus Stroman, Bailey Ober, and Scott McGuff go 12, 13, and 14 in round 10. Yeah, I'm just not huge on Stroman. I'm less huge on Bailey Ober. I just don't think Bailey Ober is that good. You know, the stats are, you know, the surface stats are good. You dig in a little bit. You know, not the biggest strikeout guy. Ober, 
overperforming his metrics by quite a bit. I don't have a lot of rest of season kind of faith that Bailey Ober is any kind of dude. I, I just I think that he is going to be overdrafted next year. I think that you know in formats like this he'll be overdrafted, and I just don't really see there being that much value in Bailey Ober. Could he could he still continue what he's done in the first half? Maybe. But I would not take him this early. I would not take him inside the top 150 picks, even inside the top 200 picks. I would be, I'd be very cautious anyway of taking a guy like Bailey Ober. Uh, Travis Star no rounds out the end of round 10. Interesting pick there, and then this guy is on the clock again here to start round 11. And I hope he doesn't take the whole minute again because he's taken it a couple times now. Let's get the let's get a move on here. Let's not take all night with this. Cue up some guys, know who you want, and then, I mean, <clears throat> who am I to judge? I'm doing a freaking podcast here, um, so my picks have not exactly been the quickest, but let's let's get a little bit of a move on here. Um, I need to start thinking about catcher, because catcher, once it's gone, it's going to be real bad. Tyler Stevenson, definitely interesting to me. He started to pick it up a little bit. Um, that's kind of it, though. I mean, Yanir Diaz... Um, Gabriel Moreno has been <clears throat> really not impressive, man. Like, ugh, man, it's, it's a disappointment that he hasn't been better. Elias Diaz is definitely an option as well, and we're going to have to actually get to that point. You know, drafting guys, Colorado and Cincy, you could do worse. Uh, Dansby Swanson, oh, my God, Hunter Brown just went. I waited too long. <sighs> I waited one round too long on Hunter Brown, and I went with Bregman. And I wonder if Bregman would still be sitting here. That is a damn shame. But it's okay. It's all right. I think at that point that means I go Tyler Wells. Shit. I really shouldn't have waited on Brown. I really should have just gone for it when he was there and taken him. But third base, just, you know, I really did not want to be left without a third baseman. Bregman is still not an elite third baseman, but he's not far off either, especially from a fantasy point of view. I'm I'm pretty happy to to have Bregman um, where I got him, especially. Round 10, Bregman is not going to happen very often, so I'll I'll take it where I can get it there. But damn, I'm pissed off about Hunter Brown, man. I am not a happy camper. I'm Mike Trout gets auto-picked here. You I think that are on first, deck. I think that might be the first auto-pick of the draft. But Mike Trout gets auto-picked here. You followed by Alec Manoa going. Very interesting. Uh, Alec Manoa, I pick 155. Mm, Braxton Garrett, Braxton Garrett, Tyler Wells. I have Garrett ranked slightly ahead, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Tyler Wells here. I'm gonna get that secured whip. I'm gonna get those good ratios. I'm gonna get a team that I think is going to win a lot of ball games. So I'll take that, and I'm I'm pretty happy with Tyler Wells where I'm getting him. I think that's a good bargain. Um, I'm liking this draft. I'm liking what we've done so far. Let's take a look at the draft board here. I'm liking my team. I, I'm liking what I've done. I've diversified across positions fairly well. I don't have any catchers or shortstops, but other than that, I'm okay. Shortstop is a position where, you know, I'm fine to take Ezekiel Tovar. I'm fine to have C.J. Abrams, Ezekiel Duran, Bryson Stott, Anthony Volpe, Hashan Kim. There is so much value at shortstop. So I really did, could not care less about who I have there, in all honesty. Catcher is what I'm going to have to start really taking a look at. And Elias Diaz, I think, is the guy <clears throat> that I'm going to have to go with. He 
He's giving you a good batting average. He's giving you a decent homer total with 945 ribbies, which leads all the remaining catchers on the board here. Good ballpark. Uh, in, a, in a perfect world, I get Diaz and I get Tyler Stevenson. I also, in a perfect world, get Lance Lynn and Braxton Garrett and everybody else that I have on my list. But we'll have to see uh, what happens from there. Uh, after I picked Tyler Wells, we got Chris Bassett. We got Jose Altuve and Max Fried. Jose Altuve fell really, really far here. I know he's hurt right now. Uh, but that's a really good price to be paying for Jose Altuve. That could be one of the best picks of the draft here, in all honesty. Uh, I'm going to need a corner, a middle infielder, and a utility player as well at some point, as well as four more pitchers. And that's kind of the thing, too. Sometimes you'll stack up your bench and you say, okay, I'll start these guys in certain weeks. And these guys, there's, you're starting the same guys every week in this format. So you kind of have to, you know, pick your battles, know who you're taking, know that it is going to be those guys every single week. There's no sitting at cores, there's no sitting at Great American, there's no, you know, starting them only in good matchups. You're starting these guys every week. And knowing I only have four spots left for pitcher, you know, it, it does give me a bit, of, a bit of a dilemma here. Do I take guys now? Do I fill in the other positions first and then go back to pitching? Do I take another closer or is two enough? I think I should probably take a third in terms of the closers left. AJ Puck, that's not a bad third third option here. And that would pretty much guarantee me saves. There's no overall component to these gladiators, I don't think. I am fairly certain these are just individual leagues from what I saw. And maybe there's an overall component to everybody drafting like an all-star break one. I'm really not sure. But I think if I get who I have, which is Diaz and Classe, and then add in a third closer, AJ Puck, who I think is pretty secure in that role. Not that he's amazing or anything, but I think he's better than Alex Lang. I think his job is more certain than David Robertson down the stretch because Robertson could be a trade candidate. And right on cue, AJ Puck gets drafted. Oh, man. But let's go over the picks uh, since I went over them last time. So Altuve went at 11-8, and then Freed, Fraley, William Contreras, Anthony Volpe, AJ Puck, Austin Hayes, and Adbert Alzale. Good. We're getting some picks off the board here. Let's not keep the let's keep the pace up, I should say. Uh, let's not let this thing <clears throat> drag into the early morning hours. But I think, man, Lance Lynn, I think it's just going to keep falling because I think the ERA is going to make people not want to take him. So I think Braxton Garrett is the guy I take. Now I should probably take a look at the Marlins schedule in the second half just to make sure I'm not doing anything too crazy because if they have a horrendous schedule then then maybe it doesn't make sense but let's see who they'll get they'll get the Phillies the Orioles the Cardinals the Rockies the Rays the Tigers the Phillies the Rangers the Reds it's kind of too much to even really plan for a schedule but it doesn't look like the easiest schedule that being said Braxton Garrett has been really excellent and on a lot of different levels and I I think I'm gonna have to take him uh, I think should he get to me seven picks from now, he'll be the guy that I take and kind of bolster that rotation even more. And then with the next pick after that, I think that's when I would go with Elias Diaz. Uh, that's currently the plan. We'll see if it plans out. Part of me thinks I should take Elias Diaz now and then wait and then take Braxton Garrett. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Brian Bayo goes at uh, pick three of this round. Esther Ruiz and Hunter Harvey went right before him. We have passed the halfway point now of the draft. Our uh, pick 169. Again, I want to say appreciate all you guys who are hanging out here. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's not as fun listening to somebody do a draft. Uh, I hope you guys are hanging around and getting something out of this anyway. And for those of you who will listen on the podcast tomorrow, very much appreciate your download as well. I guess today when you guys will be hearing this. Um, but let's see what's going on with the queue. Nothing 
Nobody really has gone off the board in the last round or two that's really pissed me off. I mean, the, the Hunter Brown one is the only one that's really, really pissed me off. I mean, there's been a couple, but that's one where I just waited too long. I waited one round too long. And again, I got my guy, Alex Bregman, so I'm okay with that. But at the end of the day, I kind of wish that I had, um, I wish I had Hunter Brown. Uh, Jordan Hicks and Seiya Suzuki pick four and five here in round 12. We're to pick 171 overall right now. Uh, do I take the pitcher or do I take the position player? That's always the question. Do I take the pitcher or the position player? And, uh, man, I'm thinking I should probably take the pitcher, in all honesty. Uh, I think I should probably take Braxton Garrett. Perfect world. The next few rounds go Garrett, Diaz, Lynn. And Stevenson. Will that happen? I don't know. But that's that's what I'm planning on. And then I'll get one of these shortstops later on. Did somebody take Tovar? I thought he was there. Maybe he is there and I just missed him. No, Tovar is still there. Okay, good. Bryson Stott is also someone that I'd very happily take. Hashan Kim as well. Brandon Nimmo goes at pick six in round 12. That's a good spot to get Brandon Nimmo. Ezekiel Duran uh, picks seven in round 12. I'm only a couple picks away. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. You are on deck. And now I am on deck here. It will be Braxton Garrett if he doesn't get picked. And if he does, then I would turn to Elias Diaz at that point and get my catcher. Um, you Ortiz Gurriel Jr. gets taken, so I will go Braxton Garrett here. Get another solid, solid arm. Again, if you're not familiar with Braxton Garrett, that deeply familiar, I should say, go and dig into what he does and some of his advanced metrics because he is he is really underrated. I've been on him for a while. Uh, there's an account on Twitter, TJ Stats, that does excellent work. If you guys aren't following them, I believe that's the at. They've been very, very much in on Braxton Garrett. Our friend Mike Curland, who's a Florida guy, he has also been very much in on what we've seen uh, from Braxton Garrett. So I- I'm I'm happy to have taken him. I think this is a good spot to get him. After I took Garrett, we got MJ Melendez, Brian De La Cruz, and Ryan McMahon going as the next few picks. It will be Diaz for me. That'll be the next player uh, that I want to take. And I sh- he should get to me, but I say that, and that means he probably won't. Jaron Duran goes at pick 14 of round 12. Oh, man. I I guess I'll go with Diaz. And uh, I mean, I, it's so hard to do. I've never done one of these before, like a draft live show. I did a, a fantasy, a fantasy, a mock draft uh, on fantasy pros before the year with Joe Pizapia and the Welsh, Chris Welsh. And that was really fun, like doing a, the draft live. But it was a mock, and it wasn't as serious. This is a real deal. This is a real deal draft, so this is a lot more fun. Uh, no offense to those two guys, those two knuckleheads. But this is a lot more fun than just sitting and doing a mock draft because this is actually real dollars at stake. This is a real team. And I'll post the whole draft board once I'm done as well. So if you're listening over on the podcast side, you guys will be able to see the board and follow along uh, over on Twitter. And I'll share that out at Joe Orico 99. 
And a couple of my targets have been taken here. Well, one particularly, Alex Lang closes off round fifth, or excuse me, closes off round 12 with pick 15. And then to start round 13 off, we got Scott Barlow and Hashan Kim, who I really wanted. Uh, Andrew Vaughn goes uh, next up at pick three of round 13. It's all right. I'll get Elias Diaz, and I think I'll be pretty happy with that, getting one of my catchers secured here. As long as you got one really solid catcher, you're okay. It's obviously better to have two really solid catchers, but you know it's it's a position where you don't want to reach too high up because the actual value you get out of most catchers is not that high. It's okay a lot of the time. It's serviceable, but it's not great. So you don't really want to reach for them, but at the same time, you don't want to be left with, you know, go to the catchers here and you don't want to be left with, you know, Kyle Higashioka, Jorge Alfaro, uh, you know, shit like that. Mike Zanino, you know, you, you want you to have You are on deck. Um, you are on. And then Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield, I totally forgot about, honestly. He plays for my Blue Jays and he's an all-star and I forgot about him, but that's a great pick here uh, in the 180s. But we'll take Elias Diaz. We'll get our first catcher taken care of here and i'm very happy that he was still there for me plan is working out as of right now elias diaz pick 186 feels pretty solid considering what he's done this year he's been really good he's been an underrated fantasy player Uh, jose abreu goes next up but elias diaz so far this season 80 games played he's got 277 average nine dingers 45 ribs he's not going to steal for you but no catchers will at this point uh, it's it's a good pick. I'm very, very happy with that. Jose Abreu and then Reed Detmers going off the board. Uh, a pick eight of round 13. Reed Detmers, another guy who had just kind of forgotten about. I probably should have been more interested uh, in taking him. But, I mean, at this point, uh, I'm going to just consult my rankings. But I'm pretty sure the highest guy left from my rankings is Lance Lynn. And I don't think it's particularly close. I did rank Lance Lynn fairly high, and I'll, you know I got some pushback on that. But I'm also very much in on him. Alex Cobb is still sitting here too. Those are the guys that I love, man. Those guys that don't get a lot of attention. The guys that kind of just float under the radar. And Alex Cobb, look at his stats year after year. He just does his thing, and he is so good. If he had a good defense behind him, then the sky is the limit for what he could potentially do. Uh, after Jose Barrios, uh, excuse me, after Reed Detmers, it was Jose Barrios, Marcelo Zuna, and then Andres Munoz. Andres Munoz is kind of an interesting pick here because I don't really foresee him getting that many opportunities down the stretch. Will he get some saves? Yeah, he'll get some saves, but he's not going to be the everyday closer. He's pretty much just the guy that you can kind of get strikeouts out of, which is the role that he played admirably last year. He was an excellent value last year. He had a .89 whip. 249 ERA, 96Ks in 65 innings. I think it was like a 40% strikeout rate or something. This year, he hasn't been healthy, to be fair. But Paul Seawald has also been really good. He's had that role. He's not losing that role. I'd be very surprised if he does. He's been he's been excellent. And I don't know that you're drafting, fuck, um, what's his name, Andres Munoz, other, for any reason other than to just secure some strikeouts for yourself at this point. And maybe get the odd win, maybe the odd save. But... I think it's a risky draft pick, to say the least. Uh, Tariq Skubal goes after him at pick 12 of round 13. I'm not up for another 11 picks. And once it gets to that point, I will take Lance Lynn. 
Uh, I think that he is a guy who's gotten really unlucky. Uh, Merrill Kelly goes next at pick 14. I think Lance Lynn's very unlucky. I think he's somebody who gets better as the second half goes on. He's some of the highest strikeout upside in all of baseball. As Bryson Stott, one of my other targets, goes here at pick 15, uh, closing off round three. I think Lance Lynn has some of the highest strikeout upside in all of baseball. We saw that a couple weeks ago when he struck out 16. I believe it was against the Mariners, and I think he took the loss. But regardless, that strikeout upside is not something you're finding later on in drafts. Once you get to this point of the draft, you're not finding that many guys. He is by far the leader, if you're looking at the board here, uh, if you're following along on YouTube or on Twitter, by far the leader in raw strikeouts. Now he has more innings than a lot of these other guys have pitched, but the strikeouts are huge. The strikeouts are not coming from any of these other guys with any with any other stat that really matters for you. You know, Mackenzie Gore is not going to win many games. Hunter Green is hurt. Kopech sucks. Kikuchi is an interesting option. Andrew Heaney is kind of interesting, but I mean, Lance Lynn is the guy here. Lance Lynn is, is absolutely my guy. As Christopher Morrell and Isak Paredes start off round 14, uh, followed by Michael Garcia, we're getting close, and uh, I think my guy Lance should be still here for me at this point. So I- I'm really liking the way that this draft has played out for me. In all honesty, I am very, very happy that I entered into this. I think that I got a good chance at winning this league. And again, who doesn't think that on draft day? I mean, sometimes you might have a draft and you know off the bat that it's shit. It does happen. But looking at, at what I did here, I think I have a good group. I think it's diversified in terms of positions, so nothing is really left till the end. Shortstop is, but shortstop is a position where you can leave it to the end. There's a lot of, like, I mean, I'm not going to do it, but you could, like, take O'Neill Cruz with, like, one of your last picks here and just kind of, you know, hope for the best, hope that he comes back in August like he's supposed to, and then you get a month plus of O'Neill Cruz. Like, you could do that. There's so many, so many shortstops. Uh, Alec Bohm here goes to pick four of round 14. There's so many great shortstops that you could take. We're kind of thinning out that group at this point. Um, Anthony Volpe, I think, went already. Did I say Anthony Volpe's name? I feel like I did, but you kind of lose track sometimes. when you. Yeah, he did. He went around 11. It's maybe a little bit early. Um, but he was also an interesting target for me. Ezekiel Tovar is somebody who's picked it up a lot in the second half or he, not in the second half, but in the second half of the first half, I suppose. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar has picked it up quite a bit uh, as Ian Happ goes off the board here at pick 200. And I'd be okay to have Ezekiel Tovar uh, as my shortstop, assuming I don't have to pay too much. And I think I can probably wait another couple rounds, and then I'll be okay with him because I do want to get Lynn. I do want to get Stevenson. And I kind of do want to get Cobb as well as Jock Peterson goes off the board here. I'm just about three picks away and Lynn is my guy. Nolan Gorman uh, goes off the board as I'm two picks away. Gorman's an interesting case, man. I don't know what he's going to be. I don't know what St. Louis is going to be. because You are on deck. Uh, so until we see what they look like after the trade deadline, St. Louis is kind of a minefield at this point. Uh, Carlos Stanton, Rangers, Suarez go off the board. I will happily select Lance Lynn. Happily select Lance Lynn here at pick 205. I only have two pitching spots left, so I need to use them kind of sparingly probably. Uh, I've got Diaz, I've got, uh, let me see, Diaz, I've got Colossae, I've got Lazardo, I've got Woodruff, Tyler Wells, Braxton Garrett, and Lance Lynn. Do I have anybody left who's viable as another closing option? Not really. Not really here. And at that point, it's probably not even worth it to take one. That's kind of the way that the draft has gone for me. I still think Kyle Finnegan will get a couple of them. Pierce Johnson's toast in Colorado. Jason Adam might get a few. 
but he's pretty risky to slot in there. I think at this point I have to kind of bank on the two guys that I have and hope that they do really well. You know, you can take a Cano uh, and hope he gets a couple or maybe even a Trevor May and hope he gets a couple. Uh, has Trevor May been getting saves recently? I feel like I feel like he has, but I also feel like over the All-Star break, you kind of just brain goes to mush. Um, he is getting their saves. It's just how often are they going to get any saves? So Trevor May is probably like a last-round guy for me. If he gets to the very last round, but that's also a risk because I have to leave a pitching spot open then and hope that he's still there and hope that even if he's not there, that there will be somebody that is at least decent that I can put into that spot. It's definitely a risk. We'll see how the draft goes. Uh, Tommy Edmund went here, and it's only been one pick since I took Lance Lynn. We're definitely taking our sweet time here uh, as Eugenio Suarez goes off the board at pick 12 of round 14. I think next round I'm going to have to go Stevenson and just secure that second catcher. I could do that, or I could go Tovar, I suppose, as the middle infielders are kind of starting to come off the board here. As C.J. Abrams goes, maybe I should take Tovar. Uh, it's definitely a little bit of a risk if I I mean, it's a risk either way, really. But I, I think, I think I will take Tovar. I think I will take Tovar. Let me see what other catchers are left here. Yeah, like if I miss it on Stevenson, I could still take Kirk or Raleigh and Kibbert Ruiz. You know, a lot of these guys, and I'd still be able to sleep at night. If I lose it on Tovar, then I'm going to be looking at Carlos Correa, Tim Anderson, Javi Baez. Uh, Tyro, I forget how serious the Tyro injury is. It's a hand fracture. Great. I forgot about that. Oh man, no good news, but I think Tovar makes sense here. Uh, I think he does. Yuri Perez starts off round 15 after Chris Bryant completes round 14. Hunter Renfro goes to the second pick in round 15. Um, Jesus, man, this is tricky, but I think Tovar is my guy here. I think Tovar and then... And then I'll take Stevenson if he comes back to me. But I think I want to I want to secure my starting shortstop because I think we're getting a little late in the game to not have one, as many as there are. My 15th round pick, uh, I think I can use one on a shortstop and be okay with that and not worry about uh, picking one too early. I think that's all right. I think that's okay. Um, we'll see if he gets to me. me talk, the more I talk about it, the less likely it is that he will come to me. But we'll see if he is still sitting there on the board in a couple of picks. Uh, man, we're really milking the clock here with some of these picks, eh? Oh, man. I hope Tovar is there. If he's not there, I'll take Tyler Stevenson. And then if they're both not there, then I'll take probably Alex Cobb. Uh, Eddie Rosario goes. So I'll get one of them, probably. Um, who else is still here? Who's the highest ranked player in the queue still? Or in, in the draft pool. Brian Helsley from before the season. Helsley's a tricky one. I feel like he does get the closer job back at some point when he comes back. But I really don't know. You know, they might sell off a bunch of assets and then he might be one of them. He might be the guy that benefits from it because maybe Hicks leaves. Maybe Gallegos gets traded. It's really tricky. But I think it's with the risk I've already assumed on this roster, I think it's probably a little bit too risky. So I, I'm not going to take a gamble on Ryan Helsley. I wish we'd get a move on here so I could take Tovar because some of these picks are taking a very long time. If you can hear, I'm getting a little frustrated. But I think Tovar is my guy here. Um, Taiwan Walker goes. You are on deck. You are up. Ezekiel Tovar is my starting shortstop. Welcome to the team, Ezekiel. 
We are glad to have you. As Carlos Correa goes right after him. See, that's where I'm at right now. I'll take Tovar over Correa. No problem. I'll take him over Anderson, over Baez. Correa sucks. Correa is not a good fantasy player. He's not. I said it before the season. If you guys think I'm making it up now or, you know, it's retrospect or whatever, hindsight's 2020. Go listen to my shortstop previews before the season started. I was very down on Correa. A couple of teams were down on Correa who were originally going to give him contracts, and maybe the Twins should have you know paid more attention to that. He's always been a guy where you can count on him for batting average. You know that's been if anything you can count on him to give you a good batting average. This year you're getting nothing. You're getting no good batting average. You're getting no power. You're getting no counting stats. No steals like usual. It's been awful. It's been awful. If you have Carlos Correa in like a ten or a twelve team league, I'm fine to drop him. Honest to God, if we're talking Roto and there's bigger lineups with middle and corner infield, then it's a little different. But if you're playing in a 10 or a 12 team Yahoo League, 8, 10, 12, you could maybe even argue a 15 team, like one shortstop kind of league where you don't have to roster middle and corner, that he is a drop as well. He's that bad. He is awful. He's really, he's awful. And I don't mean to pile on. And I think the gods heard me piling on there and they said, okay, no more Tyler Stevenson for you because he gets taken here. Uh, after I took Tovar, we got Correa, Anthony Rizzo, Spencer Torkelson, Lamont Wade Jr. And then Tyler Stevenson goes off the board, which does suck. So it'll be me left with a Kirk or a Raleigh or a Kiber Ruiz, maybe Danny Jansen. I mean, at that point, I think I'll just take Kirk and bank on kind of a bounce back. And we're getting to the point where I probably should think about it. Let me see how the catcher situation looks for some of these other teams. Lodi Tavares goes off the board. Um, so that's another important part of drafting is know what your people around you need. So team two has not taken a catcher. Team one and three have taken all their catchers. Team four, no catcher. Team five, one catcher. I've got one catcher as Alex Cobb goes off the board, and I am no longer happy. I am no longer in a good mood. Holy shit. Cobb and then Brian Wu both go off the board. So that'll mean that I am probably going to just take my catcher here. Oh, man, that really sucks. Those are the guys that I really wanted. It's unfortunate, but it is the way the cookie crumbles in this world sometimes. Dane Dunning, uh, somebody that will be drafted a lot in these kind of formats, probably. Although I say that and he's still here after pick 200. But he's not somebody I'd be interested in. If you dig in a little bit, the advanced numbers are rather shitful for Dane Dunning. So I wouldn't be wasting draft picks on him. Uh, but after Alex Cobb, Brian Wu, Jason Adam, Michael King, and then Tony Gonsolin. Michael King is an interesting choice in this kind of format. I'm not sure I would have done that. But it's it's, a, it's an interesting one. We'll, set, we'll leave it at that. Um. Harrison Bader, I'll add to the queue because I still need another outfielder. I'll add Alejandro Kirk. And then we need some corners and some middles. Um, Ty France has been kind of underwhelming. You get to the point, like this part of the draft, where everybody's kind of underwhelming. I'll add Luke Rayleigh to the queue because he's been excellent. Uh, I wish he'd play every single day and it was just a thing. But you can only get so lucky in this world. Um Cameron Candelario, he's definitely interesting for a, a corner spot if we get there. Um, who else do we got here? It's, we're not looking at a lot of great options here. Brandon Donovan, he's somebody I'll take. His value is less in this format because you don't need the positional eligibility. But he gives you a lot of good stats as well. Uh, Harold Ramirez, I'll, I'll add as well. Ryan Noda is somebody that I'll put in the queue because he's actually a very underrated player. 
even though what you're seeing here is not great, if it gets to the last round and that's what I need, then I might take him. And that's the thing, like with this kind of format, you get to the last like three rounds, you know, you need these three positions. You have to take those three positions, uh, which does sound kind of obvious. But, you know, a lot of the times you get down to like the last two rounds of a draft, three rounds, you're just into your bench spots anyway. So you don't really need to say, I need to take this position. I need to take that position. It's kind of just whatever you need. Uh, Domingo Herman goes followed by Kyle Bradish and Gavin Williams. Mm, man, uh, I think I should probably just take Kirk before you know, there's really no catchers left. I know he has not been very impressive, but I, I think that we're at the point where I kind of should take him. I probably have to take him at this point. Uh, maybe have to isn't the right word, but uh, I think I'd rather take Kirk now and have that catcher spot secured than have to worry about you know one of those guys I talked about earlier. You know these these guys you're seeing on your screen here, your Maldonados and Gary Sanchez's and and Shea Langoliers and guys who just really aren't very impressive at all. Um, JD Davis and TJ Friedel go off the board in round 16 here, picks six and seven. TJ Friedel, it's a great pick. I wish that I'd taken him because he's fallen probably farther than he should have. Um, but I think, I think Kirky is my guy here. Let me just take a quick look and see if there's anybody else that we've missed out on. You are on deck. John, you are up. I was interested in Harrison Bader, but not to be had this time around. I'm just going to take Kirk and secure that second catcher spot. Alejandro, give me a better second half than you did the first half and make me look like less of a fool than I do for ranking you fourth in my catcher rankings. Um, let's see what else we need here. We need two more pitchers, two more outfielders, and then we need to fill in the corner, middle, and utility spots. So we know exactly what we need, which is good. In a perfect world, I'll put, I'll put Rayleigh in the outfield. Maybe Harold Ramirez as well. Tyler O'Neill is so interesting, and I want to take him in this format, but I don't know what the hell is going on. If he's going to play, if he's going to get traded, if they hate him, if they like him, I, I, I really don't know what to think. I, you can't take him in this kind of format. I don't, I don't think it's, it's. There's a lot of risk associated with it anyway. It might pan out for you. It might be a great pick at this, at this point. Henry Davis is an interesting option. I just don't think he's going to get outfield eligibility. Or excuse me, I don't think he's going to get catcher eligibility. Maybe he does, uh, but at this point, I'm not sure. Jared Kellenick and Tanner Bybee go as pick 12 and 13. And then Ryan Mountcastle, pick 14 of round 16 here. As we are approaching the home stretch, we've got about six, seven rounds left to go here. Um, and we're starting to get moving here a little bit. Tim Anderson and Josh Bell both get taken, uh, followed by Ty France. Oh, man, we're getting to the point where I really need to be planning these out. I can't just be saying I like this guy, I like that guy. These need to be very deliberate picks. Uh, Hunter Green. See. Hunter Green, when is he going to be back? Uh, man, that's kind of risky, too. I've already taken on a bunch of risk with this team, so I probably shouldn't. We're about three picks away here. I need two more pitchers. Maybe I go with Trevor May for one of them and then another starter as the other spot. But then again, am I just wasting a spot then on Trevor May for what might be four saves down the stretch? It's definitely a possibility. A couple of these Orioles pitchers, Michael Walker, who's done well, but he's hurt right now. Shoulder. I've forgotten what it was, but shoulder is no good. Uh, that's another thing with this format too is you kind of need to aim for health i know i've drafted woodruff and judge but 
you aim for guys who are less risky. Taj Bradley is a little risky, but interesting. Um, then you're probably not going to be missing as much time. And I know we can never really properly predict injuries, but sometimes we can, you know, avert guys who are stay away from guys who are really, really injury prone. So there is that. Um, Michaelis has logged a lot of a lot of shitty innings this year. Um, Bryce. You are on deck. Really? That's interesting. Bryce Elder. Now, will the wheels come off for him eventually? Maybe they will. You are up. I realize he was still here even at this point. You know what? I picked 246. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's let's take Bryce Elder. He's been so good. and He's outperformed his advanced metrics, but he's a really high ground ball pitcher, and those guys tend to outperform their advanced metrics. I'm I'm happy with that pick. And at the worst at the worst case, you're going to get a lot of wins out of him. So I'll I'll take that pick. I think it's a fairly sturdy, safe pick here. Um, so we had Michael Conforto, Yaner Diaz, Lars Nupar, Bryce Elder to yours truly, and then Brandon Drury and Kenta Maeda. Kenta Maeda is an interesting one too. I should have taken a look at him there. It's just this format is very hard. So you know you'll get guys that will fall through the cracks for that reason because you're looking at ADP from before the year. Sometimes there will be a guy like a Bryce Elder who, you know, I don't think that he is the best pitcher in the world or anything, but should he be going before pick 250? Yeah, he should. He, he absolutely should. Now, I kind of want to finish out with like a Taj Bradley, but I know that that's also a really risky pick at the same time. Um, I need a corner, middle, utility, and two outfields. So outfield is probably the thing I need to be looking at in all honesty. Um, how bad is Taylor Ward right now? I don't think that we're talking about serious injury. I can't remember now. I don't remember. It's gro- it's his groin. Uh, Taylor Ward has really underperformed so far this year. He's somebody that you know I, I'm definitely interested in to some degree, and especially with the fact that their outfielders are kind of running out at this point. I think I'll take Taylor Ward next time. Uh, next time the clock comes up to me again, I need two more outfielders. Austin Meadows, man, what a sad story this has been. Um, this guy, man, anxiety a couple years in a row now with anxiety and mental health issues. You got to hope for the best because he was a stud. Like he looked like a stud in the making in Tampa, and he really, truly has not anymore uh for the last couple of years i mean it's not his fault it's just it kind of stunts your your growth as a player when you're not able to ever be out there so wishing him the best but it's also it's also not looking great for his career if he continues down this path um candelario gets taken and then hunter green and grayson rodriguez i would have happily taken candelario for one of my corners or for my corner spot uh, bobby miller goes next interesting as well got about 100 picks left here let's hopefully not lag through them if we can as we're getting late in the day here for me uh i'm not someone who stays up too too late usually work very long days so um the sooner this wraps up the better it'll be i'm 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 okay with that at this point i like my team a lot of picks going off the board though jeff mcneil joy manessis garrett cooper brendan donovan and cal raleigh brendan donovan are someone i was interested in to some degree but like i said in this format you don't need to mix and match players from you know uh different positions they're going to be where they are the whole year for the remainder of the year so it doesn't really matter where you have them slotted in and brandon donovan eligible everywhere that's cool doesn't really help us so much in this particular instance though um 
So I'll take Taylor Ward. I'll take Taylor Ward when it gets back to me. I think I want to secure another outfielder. I only have the three, and one of them is Judge. So I need to be a little, little smarter probably in future about outfield. Uh, it always, it always gets me when there's five outfielders because it's just a lot to pack in, and I'm not really sure why we play with five outfielders. Why that's the standard here? It just kind of is what it is, which is fine. It's just really hard to fill out a team with five outfielders. A lot of them are going to be shit. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, 15 teams, five outfielders, and then you factor in, you know, utility and bench. Like, you're looking at, like, 85 outfielders going to be rostered. There's not that many outfielders that are going to have that much value. So, uh, I don't know if I'm that big in general uh, on the five outfielder format, but it is what it is at this point. Uh, I need two more. Hopefully, Taylor Ward is one of them. I'll be very, very annoyed if he gets taken. Um... I don't really even know who else I'm going to take as that second outfielder. Yusei Kikuchi and Andrew Abbott both go off the board. Andrew Abbott, shit. See, that's, that's just the difficulty with this kind of format is that it's really tricky to like keep track and live draft, especially when the ADP is all off and the ranks are weird. Uh, who's still there, who's been taken, and who hasn't? Uh, Andrew Abbott I would have taken if I'd known he was still here at this point. That's a bit of a shame. But at this point, I'm hoping for Taylor Ward. I'm fairly happy with my draft as a whole. Um, you are on deck. I'm on. You deck. are up. And now I'm picking as Danny Jans. Actually, Jake Berger, Danny Jansen, and then Ahmed Rosario all go off the board. So I'll take Taylor Ward. No problem there. And let me just see something here. Um. Uh, sorry guys, I'm just checking something real quick. Apologies for the dead air. I will be right back. Apologies. And let me just take a look and see if there's been chaos in the draft board here. Nope, there's been one pick. I haven't missed anything. Sometimes that's the way it works. Sometimes you, you go away for a second, you come back, and you've missed five, seven picks. But it doesn't seem like I am missing much here. Uh, I'm just quickly doing some behind-the-scenes work here, so forgive me on that. I just realized that today's podcast, or if you're listening on Friday, yesterday's podcast and actually posted it yet it was just sitting there waiting to be posted so that one will be the, the part two version of my updated starting pitcher rankings and now we've had a couple of pitch uh players go off the board but yeah that one is tiers three or tiers four and five of my starting pitcher rankings very happy with my rankings i know i got some pushback on them but i was pretty happy with what, what ended up coming out uh it's very tricky to rank players and I know people are going to be pissed off one way or the other, but I think, I don't know. I put a lot of time into them. Let me know what you guys think either here or at Joe Rico 99 over on the Twitter machine. And let me know if you think I'm crazy or not. Generally people, yes, do think I'm crazy, but we'll see what you guys have to say here. As Trent Grisham goes off the board, a lot of guys went off the board there. Gray, Brandon Lau, uh, Tyler O'Neill, Aaron Savali, Trent Grisham. We're winding down here. Hopefully we don't, 
run out the clock on every one of these picks because it wouldn't shock me. That is known to happen sometimes uh, as you enter down the end of a draft. Not even sometimes. It happens like fairly regularly, a lot more than you'd like it to, of people just winding down the clock for a very long time at the end of drafts. Pick your guys. Uh, let's get on with it. You know, <laughs> I love baseball. I love fantasy baseball. But, you know, pick your guys. <laughs> Alrighty then. <sighs> we are using every second of our time here to select Nesta Cortez and then Kiber Ruiz goes off the board. I think this might end up being the longest podcast I've ever done, technically speaking. I did one with uh, Matty Wood, Matthew Davis from FTN before the season. That was a long show. It was a Dodgers preview. I think it went an hour and 40 minutes, but we're going to go by that. We're already at the hour 40 minute mark here um without any intro or outro or any of that jazz added on to the show uh, a couple picks away now part of me wants to go trevor may i think i am going to go trevor may because I, I do want to just have a couple more saves just in case you never know what's going to happen with oakland and you, we saw it last year daniel bard had 34 saves for a team that won 68 games it does happen uh you do get lucky from time and time again so i think i'm going to go trevor may I need a corner and a middle and utility and one outfielder to go along with what will be Trevor May. You are on deck. Oldest Chapman gets drafted. You are Mike just drafted. Let me just double check the closer pool because I am tired and I might be missing somebody here. But no, I don't. No, I'm not missing anybody. Kendall Graveman, kind of interesting. I don't know about Hendricks and how that's going to work, but let's let's take Trevor May. He's actually locked into that spot, and I don't think it'll matter what happens. I think he'll be there. Where with Graveman, it, you know, I'd be hoping for him to lose his job because I'm essentially I'm, I'm hoping for Liam Hendricks to come back and be healthy and get that job back again soon. Seven saves on the year, one in the last month. Sub three ERA is good, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to take Kendall Graveman. All my pitching spots have been filled out at this point, so now we are literally left to our corner, our middle, our utility, and one outfielder. That one outfielder is going to be tricky to figure out who to take here. Oh, my God. There's really just not a lot of options left here. That's why I was saying it earlier. Outfielder should take care of earlier than later. James Outman might be interesting. I, I, I might go with Rayleigh. I honestly might go with Luke Rayleigh here. He's been so, so good. Will he keep it up as anybody's guest? But to this point of the year, he's been a stud across pretty much all five categories. Yeah, let's take Luke Rayleigh. Let's take Luke Rayleigh next. Ideally, and I say it out loud, and it's probably not going to happen. But Luke Rayleigh next, and then we'll have to see uh, where we go from there. It's tricky. This is always tricky business. At the end of a draft, you never really know what people are going to do. But you can kind of, I mean, if I was a little more alert right now, I'd go through every single team and see what everybody else needs and make notes on that. But that's a lot to ask at the end of a long day, at the end of a two-hour show here. Uh, Joey Weimer, Bryce Miller, Nolan Jones, Tyra Strada, Joel Piamps. What the hell is Joel Piamps doing getting drafted here? I don't know, man. I don't know about drafting Joel Piamps. That's, that is a risk for sure. Let's see. Uh, it's been good so far, but I mean... 
in a gladiator in this kind of format, I think it's really risky personally. I, I don't know that I would be able to do that. Um, after, oh, Luke, oh, Jesus, this is a brutal little stretch for me. Outman and Rayleigh both go. That's a tough break. Oh, man. I think hmm. I can't really take Harold Ramirez. He doesn't really play often enough, does he? Brent Rucker is kind of interesting, but I mean, Dubon is interesting. But I don't know if his playing time is secure the rest of season. He's been there like the whole year pretty much. McCutcheon is kind of interesting, but he's hurt. Mickey Moniak goes. He would have been interesting as well. Uh, Tommy Pham has been decent, but Kerry Carpenter goes off the board. Matt Veerling has been really good. Matt Veerling is somebody I will happily take. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty good with that. Kevin Biggio, no, thank you. Poor Kevin Biggio. He, I thought Kevin Biggio was going to be just as good as those other guys he came up with, with Bo and Vladdy. He actually looked better than them in his first season. It has been nothing but a downhill train ride since that first season for him. It's been awful, and you really hate to see it. Um, at this point, you kind of look at it at bats, right? You got to kind of just look for guys who are going to be playing a lot, guys who are going to be playing you know, as much as possible because at this point, at-bats are really important. You know, there's some guys who are really good, like Rayleigh, who's not going to get all the at-bats. And even him, I would take over like a lot of guys who are left here who even are regular players. But I don't know that we can necessarily eh, bank on that kind of thing. Eh, I don't know. It's, it's very tricky. This part of a draft is always very tricky for me. Um Jake Rogers, Blake Sable, Jesus, uh, Jesus Sanchez. You are board. on deck. Colton Cowser as well. See, there are outfield guys here. They're just guys I weren't really that interested in. But I think I'll go Matt Beerling. I think I think Matt Beerling is the guy I want to go with. Let me just double check one. You are thing up. real quick. Um. Yeah, let's go Matt Beerling. Let's go Matt Beerling and finish out our outfield. And now we need a utility, a middle, and a corner. And then we can all go home. But let's see who we got here in terms of our middle infield options. Luis Garcia is not a bad one. Playing a lot. Giving you a little bit of everything. Not a lot of anything, but a little bit of everything. Um, I think he's actually the guy I would go for here, in all honesty. O'Neill Cruz, that O'Neill Cruz plan I was thinking about earlier. Take him with your last pick. It's very, very risky. Uh, Jake Cronenworth goes at around 20 pick 11 here. Bruce Dark Gratterall was drafted as well. Interesting pick there. Uh, corner infield. I don't think I really want to go for Ryan Nota the more I think about it. Miguel Vargas isn't very interesting. Mm, we're into the point where nobody's really interesting. You just got to kind of find somebody that's giving you something. Carlos Santana has been actually really good this year. Um, we're down to the to the scrap heap here, essentially. Yeah, I think it would be Carlos Santana as my corner, most likely. I'm not going to take Taj because I don't have any room for him anymore. Um utility guys are also interesting. There's nobody else that's really that good. There's nobody that's given me 
I don't know, great vibes at this point of the draft. Nick Senzel can be maybe a little valuable, but even then, Geraldo Perdomo was an all-star, uh, as ridiculous as that was. But maybe there's some value there. He's outperforming his numbers by a lot. Maybe there's some value there. Brent Rooker has just been so awful for so long now. I just don't know if we can really justify it. Like, he was so good at the beginning of the year, but he's been dreadful for for a while, and I don't know that I could justify taking him. Um, I think Santana and Garcia are, are my guys. I think they're my guys, and then I should probably have one more option here as a utility guy. Hmm. I really hate the end of drafts. I really do. I love the start of them. They're so fun when you're picking all your studs. And then you get down to this point, and it is rough sledding. Taj Bradley goes, uh, Tristan Cassis, Michael Waka, Clark Schmidt as well. We're getting some picks off the board here, which is good. Uh, we're after the pick 300 mark, so we're like into the real home stretch here at this point. I feel like stolen bases are not going to be great on this team. They're definitely not going to be the best. So should I take a guy who is going to be more just a steals guy at this point? Uh, Corey Yolks is kind of interesting. Now is he going to have like an everyday roll down the stretch? Will Benson, shit, that was a good pick, and it was an auto pick too. Uh, Corey Yolks. He's been really good. Uh, he's been really good. I think maybe he's the guy I take as a utility player. He's definitely at the top of the options right now. Mm. JP Crawford is there as well. Mauricio Dubon really interests me. I just, I just don't know if we're going to see down the stretch every single day kind of playing time. I don't know about that with Jolks either. There's definitely a lot of risk associated with picking these last few rounds. Let's have to wait and see. We'll have to wait for these for these freaking people to finally get off their ass and make a pick here. Apologies, getting a little salty, but like let's let's get a move on here, guys. I don't know what's taking so long at this point. Figure out who you want to draft and go for it. I have my three guys ready. I'm assuming that one of them will get taken, and I'll have to audible at some point. You are on deck. Jeff Brown and Mike Soroka get taken, followed by Jack Flaherty. You are up. Who stinks, by the way, Jack Flaherty. Glad I didn't get him. Uh, Luis Garcia, I think I'm going to take first out of this bunch here. And then hope I get my last two guys, uh, which will be Carlos Santana and Corey Jilks. Jilks. Um, but let's see what happens here. I'm going to have to wait 16 picks until my next one. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon and Drew Waters go off the board at pick seven and eight of round twenty-one. I'm liking, I'm liking this draft as a whole. I like what I've done here. I think that I've gotten good value. I think I've gotten, you know, the Judge and Woodruff picks are definitely risky, but at the same time, they might pan out and be, you know, genius level moves. We'll have to just see um, what their health looks like going forward. Uh, but at this point, we just kind of wait. We just kind of sit and wait for everybody else to make their picks because I've kind of decided on these last two guys. I don't think that they're going to be terribly high demand, so we'll just have to see if I am given the chance to select them. And if I am, then I will. Uh, there's a couple of fallback options I'm looking at here. Maybe J.P. Crawford. 
maybe Andrew, Andrew Benintendi even, which is awful to think about. But, I mean, there's a chance that if it gets down to that, maybe. But even then, I, I don't know that I would be able to do it. He's got wrist soreness. He's only got the one home run. He's got a 280 batting average, which is nice, but that's kind of all he's giving you. Cutter Crawford goes off the board here. Uh, pick nine of round 21. Um, I think Santana and Yolks are the guys that I want to take. I'll just take another look here through the player pool just to see if there's anybody else. As of now, there's not. Could change, potentially. Um... Ryan Helsley finally gets drafted. It was about time. I figured he would at some point get drafted. Um, it, was, it was tricky, tricky to say. I'm just realizing now I didn't even title the YouTube video. Um, really, really stupid of me. Not not the YouTube video. Um, the the Twitter live feed, I didn't even like title it. No one knows what the hell it is that I'm doing here. Uh, unless they clicked on it. Although, I guess if you're scrolling by, you see the NFBC page. A lot of people are going to know what I'm talking about, what I'm doing here. Uh, but Joey Votto finally goes off the board, pick 11 of round 21. I'm up in 13 picks, and then I'll have the short trip back around for my next pick after that, the short trip, which is, I forget what it even is now at this point. It's uh, nine picks or something like that. And then I'll have my my last pick after I hopefully select Carlos Santana. And then hopefully get Corey Jokes afterwards. Chris Taylor goes pick 12 of round 21 as we are entering into the end of this round here. Let's see where some of the surprising guys not taken. O'Neal Cruz still might be taken with one of the last picks. Uh, a lot of guys that you wouldn't really expect to get taken here. I would thought maybe somebody would take a shot at Gene Segura, but no, nobody for Gabriel Moreno in a 30-catcher league. That's tough, man, but it's hard to blame anybody for passing on him at this point either. I mean, he's not been very good. Um, there's no real massive surprises of guys who are still left on the board. I'm sure there's one or two where if you went through it, you might be surprised. Bo Naylor's still there, which is kind of surprising. Uh, but then again, we have a couple rounds left still. I figured someone would take a shot at Brandon Belt, but maybe not. Uh, Brett Beatty goes at pick 13 here of the round. That's kind of it for surprises. I mean, no one else that's earth-shattering. Uh, Adam Duvall and Kendall Graveman finish out round 21 as we head into round 22 here. There's just nobody that I'm that interested in at this point. Eric Swanson gets drafted. That's a good pick considering the Romano injury potential. Um, that could be a really, really nice pick. I don't know what we're waiting for at this point. Hoping that we get our guys because uh, it really makes me nervous down at the end of a draft like this. You're just going to get sniped like crazy. I mean, there's only a couple of guys, but if you get sniped, then it's it's not a good situation to be in because I'm not sure who I'd even pivot to at this point. Like, I mean... I guess J.P. Crawford would be one of them, and maybe Ben Benintendi. I guess it depends what gets sniped, too, because Crawford doesn't really fit in where I would need. I need him at utility. And then corner, I guess. And Corey Jilks gets drafted, and I get sniped. Jesus Christ, man. And then Bo Naylor. 
Mm. So I'll take Santana first and then I'll leave myself the luxury of just needing utility at the end. So I'm not, you know, taking a utility guy and then needing a corner infield. I can take any batter with that last pick. Uh, so we'll take Santana, assuming I don't get screwed here again, which is definitely in the cards. And then we'll evaluate that last pick. Brent Rooker. Do I take a chance on Brent Rooker finding that fame that he had in the first half? I probably shouldn't. It's been real bad for a really long time. I mean, last two weeks are actually not terrible. But I don't know if I'd feel great about that. JP France goes at pick five of round 22. Harold Ramirez is somebody I would take if he was playing with more regularity. But he just doesn't play enough for me to really be that interested. Geraldo Perdomo goes at pick six of round 22. Um, there's really not much left here that I care about at all at this point. There's really not much. I mean, maybe Alec Thomas is good down the stretch. Will Brennan is interesting. You are on deck. You are up. Hasn't been as great recently from Will Brennan. It's just so tricky when you know you have to put the guys in the lineup every single day. Let's take Carlos Santana, and then let me think about Will Brennan. Um, and then after that, Will Brennan pick, which maybe it'll be Brennan, maybe it won't be. Uh, that will do it for us. And I want to say here, thank you guys who listened. There probably won't be too many of you, but if you did listen, appreciate you guys hanging on for this. It's been more than two hours or it's been just about two hours anyway. But check me out and check out the draft board over at Joe Orico 99 on Twitter. Also at Ethos Fantasy BB, E-T-H-O-S, Fantasy BB. That's where you find all the rest of our content. And SportsEthos.com is where you go to get all that content if you're not on Twitter and seeing those links on Twitter. But I'm not sure if I'm going to take Will Brennan or not. I think he's the guy I want to take, but I also know that there's some risk there. But at the end of the day, it's the last round. Let's put him in the queue. Um, man, there's really not a hell of a lot. I think it would be Brennan that I go with. I, I think he's the guy I'll take. Uh, this, this is such such slim pickings at this point that there's nobody that really is that exciting to me so i'm hoping that will brennan doesn't get taken if he does then i probably go jp crawford i think that's why i take and maybe i should take him regardless because he gets you know well let me let me just weigh the pros and cons here real quick jp crawford i mean he plays every day and he leads off which is which is definitely huge hmm Maybe a wiser move to take him. I think it will be a wiser move to take him, in all honesty. I mean, I, I like Brennan more, like a per-game basis. But is he going to give you that product? No, you know what? I changed my mind. It's J.P. Crawford. Or I guess I'll have b options for both of them uh, for for when I inevitably get sniped on one of them here. But Luis Matos just went. Reese Olsen just went. Seth Lugo, Alex Kirloff, Yasmany Grandal, Tyler Soderstrom. Lots of good players who are being taken here uh, at the end of the draft. A couple more picks, and then we will see. Griffin Canning gets taken. And now we have the guy who usually takes a whole minute, so we'll have to probably wait here to see who we're going to wind up with. 
uh, at this point, I want J.P. Crawford. And, you know, the more I think about it, you don't need eligibility. It doesn't really matter at this point. It's just about sticking one guy in. He la- he leads off for a solid enough lineup where I'm happy to have that kind of production. Even if it's not amazing, you know, eight homers, one steal, 47 runs, 33 ribbies, 253 average. It's fine enough where I'm okay uh, to take him on, assuming that he is still going to be here. Assuming this guy ever picks, we're getting there. 20 seconds left. He's not going to have a choice pretty soon. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but I have a good feeling, and I haven't had a good feeling very much tonight. Adam Fraser gets taken, so I guaranteed you one of my guys. On deck. Guaranteed one of my dudes here, and we'll see what happens with Mister Leary, who he takes, and that will pretty much do it for us. It'll either be J.P. Crawford or Will Brennan. I'm hoping that J.P. Crawford doesn't get taken. The more that I've looked at the stats. And that will wrap it up for us. I want to remind you guys, again, sportsethos.com. You guys can find me on Twitter. I'm at JoeOrico99 and Ethos Fantasy BB. That is really the important one. That's where we post all of our new show links, articles, podcasts. Everything uh, gets shared out through there. So make sure you're checking us out. We are down to 15 seconds left on the clock for Mr. Leary. I'm hoping, I'm assuming it's a mister. I could be wrong there. Uh, hoping that Leary picks sooner than later. 10 seconds left. And we're probably going to take one of my guys at this point. Nope, they took Mackenzie Gore. You are up. So I will finish it off with J.P. Crawford. And that is the end of my draft. And ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude our live stream. Exactly two hours. I really appreciate everybody hanging out. We'll be back here on Monday. We're going to keep talking about starting pitcher ranks, assuming you're watching on the podcast side. We won't be doing another live show for a couple weeks, but we're going to be doing another one for the trade deadline. Still figuring out all the logistics there, but we'll be live on August the 1st from roughly 1 to 6 p.m. We're going to have to figure out how to get a break in there at some point because six hours in a row is going to be tough, five, six hours, whatever it is. But guys, appreciate you hanging out. Take care. Have a great weekend. And cheers. Cheers.